Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! Everybody and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. Hey, Walt. Annie, what are we doing, Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two fandoms, um, mm-hmm. like from book, movie, or TV show, okay. and um, imagine what would it be like if those worlds crossed over. Oh, yeah, okay. Right? I catch and your then, drift. Yeah, see who's kissing, who's fighting. Yeah, who's, who's what, making friends. What essays we could write about in a um, comparative literature class. Oh, yeah. It's really the, <laughs> the world's only comparative literature podcast. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, the best one. That's true. The 100% A number one yeah. bestest of the best comparative exactly. literature. The fans have spoken. Coming at you hot. Yep. Off the MacBook. Yeah. What are we crossing over tonight, Annie? Uh, tonight, <laughs> we got nothing. Yeah, right? Ooh. Tonight we are crossing over Codename Verity and Black Panther. Ooh, two very extreme sounding titles. Yeah, well, you I know, like they're it. both actually pretty intense. That's true. I think we're going to have a real like feelsy episode i think so i know i'm gonna try to not cry yeah this is uh codename verity may be the thing that you have cried the most about since i've known you maybe yeah yeah i mean it's certainly i did know you during harry potter true but like i didn't cry a lot about harry potter yeah that's true i think codename verity just like oh gosh that was that really hit me right in the feels well buckle in everybody because we're about to take you to feels town Um, so Codename Verity is a young adult novel by Elizabeth Ween. Um, it was published in 2012 and received a Michael J. Prince honor the following year and was shortlisted for the Carnegie Medal. So extremely prestigious awards. Presented um, by the Carnegie Deli. Oh, man. It just it's gives just... you the giant sandwich being like, great job. You wrote a book. Yeah. Here you go. Here's a big pickle with it. Mm-hmm. You got to eat the whole piece of cheesecake yeah. or else it doesn't count. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of um, children's book awards are also um, eating contests. Yeah, it's true. They found a really uh, niche crossover, but it's been very fruitful for both industries, I would say. Yeah, for the fruit industry and the book industry. Yeah. Oh, it's Gary Chestnut. Huh? Yeah, he's the current eating hot dog eating champ. I think his, is last, a real his last thing? name is Chestnut. Really? Yeah. It, it's that, like Gary you, or George or Joe. Are you, are you sure? Gary Chestnut isn't a character from a Beatrix Potter book. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He has a best-selling series of Beatrix Potter-like Fantasia books. Is he a bunch of squirrels in a trench coat? Has anyone that That would maybe that out? explain how he can eat hot dogs exactly. so fast. If he's like 400 squirrels, yeah. you can eat 400 hot dogs like immediately. Simultaneously. Yeah. He's just made of and mouths. And then store the, the rest in your cheeks for winter god now i'm picturing he's like an eldritch lovecraftian <laughs> horror just just mouths just opens and fur. his trench coat and <laughs> it's just screaming yeah hot dogs <laughs> from beyond infinity yeah which is the title of my memoir so uh <laughs> anywho now that we've established the carnegie deli medal yep <laughs> and all of its horror we told you it was going to be feelsy everybody yep, we gotta we gotta put these jokes in because i might cry later um so although I wouldn't classify Codename Verity as a mystery, the plotting of the book is really com- complex and it involves spies and secrets and truths and lies. So I don't want to reveal like too much about the actual plot because you should read it and then feel yourself get punched in the gut by feels. Yeah, I think this may actually be one of our most spoiler light episodes. Yeah, because like I, I can't mention a lot of things that get revealed yeah and, otherwise it will actually destroy the reading experience yeah and black panther is an ongoing comic series so oh, it's yeah. kind of hard to spoil by its nature and i'm mostly just talking about the setup so if you haven't interfaced with either of these don't worry about it we're not going to tell you too much yeah but you should totally check them out because they're great we'll tell you enough to be intrigued exactly so speaking of intrigue Ooh. um the story follows two young women fighting on the side of the british in world war ii um so at the beginning of the book we find that a british spy plane has crashed in german occupied france and one of the women a spy who calls herself queenie has been captured by the nazis 
Um, she's taken as a prisoner and is tortured by the Nazis for information, being forced to write her, quote, confession, uh, a detailed account of the British war effort. Um, so her confession takes the form of a memoir, kind of explaining how she got involved in the war effort and how she met her best friend Maddie, the uh, pilot of the, the plane that crashed. Uh, the narrative details both Queenie's experiences as a prisoner of war and her memoir memories of growing up in the UK and signing up for the Allied war effort. Um, so some actual minor spoilers here, because I think it's confusing otherwise. Um, Queenie is Julie, um, and even though Queenie had been writing about Maddie and Julie as if they are other people, um, you find out that she is Julie, and, like, she calls herself a few different names as she's trying to, like, outwit the Nazis. As any spy would. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but so is it I all- don't think that's, oh. like... Like, if you read the book, you're not going to be like, oh, man, now that gives away everything. It's right. like, okay, it's a reveal, but it's not too bad. Yeah. And there are other twists and turns. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So is it an epistolary novel in it its is. entirety? Like, it's... Yes. It, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure the second half is. Oh, God, it's been a little while now. But it's definitely, like, epistolary. That, that may sense. be my I think... favorite structural genre of book. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Because, like... Oh, it... friend of the podcast, um, Allie Watkins, would be very happy to hear that. Oh, yay. Well, yeah, because uh, I took... I think we talked about it in the last episode. I took a world Gothic class in yeah. college, and Gothic literature is chock full of epistolary novels. Yeah. Because um, it's all about, like, oh, we found these letters in a trunk up on the coast Who of Iceland. Who believe it? Um, and the very first one, The Castle of Otranto, was yeah. an epistolary novel. So, so yeah, I think oh, I'm just, man, like, hardwired. You, well, man, you will love Elizabeth Ween's novels because there's this one and then um rose under fire i believe is epistolary as well well take Uh, me away to Lettertown. yeah right elizabeth ween um so and the second half of the book is told from maddie's point of view so if you like dual narrators you got that too dual Um, unreliable narrators um julie being less reliable because she's literally trying to outwit the nazis while she is a, a prisoner of war yeah um, and is a spy. And the second half of the book is more reveal. So you get to see kind of the truth of what's been going on. Interesting. Um, so again, the second half of the book is told from Maddie's point of view um, as the pilot in this mission to steal information and rescue her best friend. Um, and I seriously can't say more about this plot because of such big spoilers. But holy cow, this has one of the biggest gut punches of an ending that I can remember. Like... I think I came home right after you had finished reading no, this so one. No, you, you came out to the kitchen and well, because I I stayed up late reading it and mm. you fell asleep and then yep. the next morning I was like, either I'm going to tell you exactly what happens in this book because I need to unload my emotional um, state or you just have to sit down and read this right now within so the like, next five yeah, minutes. yeah within the next five minutes so which one do you want and you were like <laughs> I guess you can tell me and I was like here it is and there it was. And it was oh, very affecting. It was. Oh, my God. Not since you watched a documentary on baby snow owls. Have I know, right? Have you been wrecked by a piece oh, of media? Oh, my God. It's so sad. And, like, so, like, you build up to that moment and you're just like, oh, my God, of course that had to happen. But it's, oh, it just takes you on this phenomenal emotional journey and um, so, so wonderful and so well constructed and so many feels and so many themes that I will talk about. Yay. Oh, my, even like, like putting together my notes for this episode, I was like reading, you know, kind of recaps of the book just to jog my memory. Mm-hmm. And I was like tearing up at summaries of it. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Oh, so good. Well, so why don't good. you tell us about the characters who you um, love so much? I know. So I love them. I want to marry them. I love them. <laughs> um, there is Queenie, a.k.a. Julie, a.k.a. Lady Julia Lindsay Mackenzie Wallace Buford Stewart. Holy the narrator. Yeah, I know, right? She's real fancy. British people. She's so friggin' fancy. Um, she's the narrator of the first half of the book, a spy who is ultimately captured by the Germans. Um, there's Maddie, Julie's best friend, a pilot who gets into the war effort as an opportunity to fly because, mm-hmm. you know, women were not allowed a lot of opportunities right. and the war provided women with um, kind of opportunities that they had previously been denied. Yeah. Um, Was this the WASPs for the um, female Air Force? Yeah, I think that might have been American. Yeah, I think that's American, um, but definitely that that genre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, World War II, such an interesting time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Jamie Buford Stewart, Julie's brother and other best friend. Um, there is... A, oh, I'm excited for I, this one. Okay, let's see if I can say this because it'll be wrong. Um, Hofstumfuhrer Amadeus von Linden. Um, we both look... Hofstumfuhrer. Hofstumfuhrer. I did not take German. 
at all. So I don't know. If Sorry, just that's... say it as death metal as possible. Yeah, right. Hauptstumpfjörner. There we go. <laughs> um, he is the Nazi officer in charge of Julie's torture. There is Fräulein Anna Engel, who's a female Nazi guard, mm-hmm. who's like real scary for a lot of the book. Um, there's Esme Buford Stewart, Julie's mother, who takes in more refugees because her family's real fancy, so they Aww. got a big house. Um, and there's Paul, a total creeper on the British side, who's like real. He's like that that douchebag guy in the office who would be like making sexist jokes and oh, boo. like trying to mac on all the ladies. But Paul. but Get it's with the like program, Paul. Yeah, right. And it's like he ultimately. I mean, he's on the side of good. Like he's fighting for the British, right. but he's not a good person. Well, he's like most of the male characters on Peggy Carter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he'd fit right in in that mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. And like, frankly, when I was reading this book. I kept thinking of um, Haley Atwell and like I as, mean, one is, the... as one of the as either Maddie or Julie, probably Julie. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's definitely older. She was already older than these characters when I was reading it. But then now she's, you know, like seven years older anyway. Um, so I don't think the casting would work out. But like that genre of character, I'm like, oh, man, Absolutely. we had a Codename Verity movie. I would just oh love it. Oh, it'd be great. Yes. Um, this is a real themes heavy book, so um, themesy, feelsy, yeah, all right. The oh my god, it's everything I love. Like, would you like <laughs> to talk about um, female friendship? Would you like to look at some historical fiction? Yes. Would you like uh, phenomenal writing? Absolutely. Oh, wait, would you like to write an essay about all the themes? Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, this wait, is coding. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Am I yeah, getting graded on this essay? Homework. Yeah, you are. Oh no. Yep. Oh, I know. Sorry. There goes my whole it's average. It's not on a scale either. Oh, no. Yeah, right. This is English. We don't do that. Wait, I'm accountable to my own skills yep. and abilities? Yeah. Oh, this is the worst. I know, right? Ugh. It's School. it's English class. Oh. Ha, ha, ha. No. Um, so anyway, themes from this book. Um, sacrifice, I think, is a big one. Um, so in a book about spies during World War II, sacrifice is obviously going to be a huge thing. Like you are literally putting yourself in danger for the kind of the ultimate greater good in fighting Nazis. Um, And in Codename Verity, we see that character, um, we see characters like Maddie and Julie have to sacrifice like so much physically and emotionally to further the war effort. Um, Again, like the biggest gun punch of a book at the end, like huge sacrifices will be made. Um, But friendship is also another big theme here. So don't get too sad. Hey, sacrifice for friendship. Yay! Um, So Codename Verity is one of the best written books about female friendships out there. Uh, Maddie and Julie. uh, Yeah, like uh, all over. And and that's a massive portion of your reading as well. That's true. (laughs) Like this is you are speaking from a position of authority on this one. Yes, I was like, wait, do I want to read about um, dudes being friends? No. Give me the ladies being friends. Dudes have enough friends. Yeah, I've read enough of those books. It's like all of the English can. Yeah, that. I mean, there are plenty of dude friend books. Exactly. Um, but I think it's just such a phenomenal depiction of women um, supporting each other and kind of doing like a wonderful work together um, mm-hmm. and being funny and having jokes. And again, like just being very real and layered and, and you know, it's, it's all set against this terrible time period. Um, so... I think it's it's a real um, strength of the book to have this kind of this deep emotional high while dealing with these deep like international lows. Yeah, and I think like humor and imbalance is something that I think gets overlooked a lot in spy novels, especially or like yeah. spy stories. But it's such a huge part of it. Like yeah. any John Le Carre book or like the Bond movies, like there's that tension cutting humor that makes the people even more impressive because it's like oh you're able to have your perspective which actually makes me think of like so if we have male spy books like mm-hmm. bond or like array like i i have not read or seen much of it but so like at least i feel like in codename verity the there's so much strength that comes from these relationships and having these connections mm-hmm. and at least seeing some of the the bond stuff so much of it is like a man alone oh yeah and he segregates himself from others um yeah, and this and idea that like i will be stronger if i do not have these attachments whereas like codename verity these women are stronger because they have each other yeah and i think even in like the is much more about the networking of espionage and how you use people, but it's very much about using people. Yeah, and you're it's, not. There's a paranoia to every interaction of like, what is the purpose to this? Am I yeah. being brought into something? Am I 
not getting the information that I need. Like it's very lonely. And I think especially the George Smiley books get a lot into like the masculinity of that especially. Yeah, and I think that's very much in line with like how men and women are taught to like inter interact and grow. Like mm-hmm. I remember hearing some quote recently where it's like women like grow up together and men grow up alone yeah where it's like you're supposed to be like i i'm a man i'm solitary right and you're the one carrying this yeah um and if you show emotion to other people that means you're weak Mm -hmm. whereas women are taught that like if you show emotion to other people you can get supported yeah um and I think that's why you wind up in a lot of male-written espionage books. Women tend to be just like the honeypot. Oh, like yeah. They're using their ability to connect, but it's always like nefarious. Yeah. Oh, totally. And it's like, we can't trust the... And, and I mean, also in those, it's like women are sexual objects. Um, right. They're either here, duplicitous or naive. Yeah. And, and no matter what, they're just there to be bodies. Yep. Versus here, it's like, no, these are women who have real lives, have real emotions, and are doing real work to fight Nazis. Yeah. So Even like the out. new Bond movies, which I really enjoy overall, um, I finally just hit my limit on like the pattern of like... During Act Two, we're going to meet a woman, and yeah, then she will die in the next act. Expendable dead lady. Yeah, and it's just like, well, okay, you Even did that once. Even though there are more, like, I feel like the the series, the Bond series, is getting better in terms of mm-hmm. depicting women, like the new uh, Money Penny Lady. Yeah, and Judy Dench having been in them for so Absolutely. long, but like, it still has yeah. to check that box every movie. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, well, we can probably leave this trope. Yeah, behind now. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting to look at masculinity and femininity through the lens of the spy genre. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one more one more theme here. Yay. Um, truth, and again, in a book about spies, truth is in huge question. Um, for so much of the book, we're not sure what information we're getting is accurate, and the narrator has to hide and reveal information so carefully as to not risk her death or the death of, deaths of others. Um, and at a time of war, information is really valuable, like loose lips and ships for real. Um, but the narrative makes us confront what we think we know about all these characters from Maddie and Julie to the SS officers to the British soldiers. Which is really impressive. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I mean, the book is called Codename Verity. So truth is right up front there. <laughs> it is in the mission statement. Exactly. Um, th- things I like and think other people will like. Um, I get, like if I haven't just been so effusive already, this is just a masterfully written book. Like both the plotting and the historical research and the represent- representation of character is like amazing um ween is just a wizard of a writer magical spy yeah i have just such deep respect for her Mm -hmm. um and again this is one of the best friendship books out there not just in ya but in all of literature like come at me bros wow Um, Throwing down the gauntlet. Yeah, right. (laughs) um and of course the ending i can't tell you what it is but but it's so powerful and so heart-wrenching and so many feels. I'm just going to cry thinking about it. Like She is getting a little teared up. I know, this right? This is your live it's color like, commentary of Annie. Quick, and it's so, oh my God, like tell, so many feels. Aww. I love it. Anyway, take me away from my my emotional feels and into a, a world of hey, let's head to Wakanda butt kicking and yeah and, and global intrigue global oh wait a intri- second like yeah right well you know really intense technology and mm-hmm. yeah yeah let's talk about Black Panther uh, so Black Panther is a Marvel comic books character uh, created in 1966. Oh, He's wow. He's been all over Marvel's pages ever since, typically as a member of the Avengers. But uh, I'm going to be talking in this episode specifically about the current run that is occurring um, of the Black Panther solo comic written by Ta-Nehisi Coates and with art by Brian Stelfreeze and Laura Martin. Um, Black Panther uh, has also recently made his way into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Finally, he was oh, in Captain yay. America Civil War and and Chadwick Boseman is so good. And we're all just waiting for that Black yep. Panther movie that's coming out. And we have exactly like in, one month. Yeah. It's is February it 15th. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. So uh, as of this recording, it is exactly one month. It'll be less than a month by the time you hear this episode. Yeah. So um, get so excited, get guys. Super Already, excited. Already like smashing records. Yeah. It's the fastest selling Marvel movie in ever. Yeah. So like, and we're that's a big deal because they sell excited. a lot of tickets. Yeah. Um, right. It's going to be so good. It has everyone you've ever loved in it. All of your best friends. <laughs> uh, um, but your basic setup. Um, this is, again, focusing on the Ta-Nehisi Coates run um, of the comics, but is also, I imagine, largely applicable to the film. Um, 
The series protagonist, T'Challa, is the ruler of the fictional African nation of Wakanda. Um, unlike other superheroes, Black Panther is not actually tied to individual people. Uh, it is a title, um, and it's also a badass power suit um, that is assumed by members of the royal family. So T'Challa first took the mantle after the death of his father, T'Chaka, um, but his sister, Shuri, has also been Black Panther for a oh, time. Oh, that's cool. Um, so yeah, it sort of gets worked around the family and it's the idea that whoever is the ruler of the country is the black panther and is sort of the so representative instead of, it's like you're you're king yeah and it's like a, the additional title you're exactly. king, king and black panther also you go kick butt now yeah right like um, no pressure yeah uh it goes part and parcel with the country of wakanda which is the most technically advanced nation in the world largely as a result of sitting on a massive deposit of vibranium which for you super nerds out there is the metal that is used to make captain america's shield it's like the fantasy hardest metal in the world and is super duper powerful. Um, so they have all this vibranium and it has led them to be incredibly wealthy and incredibly, incredibly technologically advanced. Um, it is also very importantly, um, especially uh, Coates has written about this, not a post-colonial country. Um, it prides itself on having never been conquered. Um, and wasn't that um, something, was it Chadwick Boseman mm -hmm. talked about in his kind of... Um development of his his version of black panther in yes. films yeah and, there's a fascinating article about it that i can't yeah, recall the he specifics like, of he talks about you know how he kind of developed the accent for this character because oh, like right. i literally thought he was african like just watching him in those mm -hmm. movies or the at least the um captain america civil yeah. war movie i was like oh he's an african actor yeah um but apparently he's like he no, was he's born British. In, yeah, no, I, I think oh, he's is American. He? Is he? Yeah, oh, I like just looked it up. Wow. Um, but yeah, he had this quote about like, you know, so so much of um, kind of dialect would like that's that would be like an African speaking English mm -hmm. would be affected by this like you know by these traces wars. of colonialism um, and having to like you know look at this character or not having to but like looking at this character who would have been raised in a society that was not affected by colonialism yeah and like how to find that accent that but yeah. that was also an english speaker right so it's a country that is interfacing with the world yeah. but as its own country yeah um, um which is fascinating yeah it's a great article thank you for reminding me oh about no that. problem we should put it in the show notes yeah um so at the beginning of Coates's run despite wakanda priding itself on having never been conquered um wakanda has been sort of suffering from a lot of uh big problems um some of them dr doom related um which one is dr doom um he's the main fantastic four villain oh, okay. he's like That's metal, big know. metal suit ruler of oh no oh no latveria i want to say uh the other the fictional e fictional eastern european country oh, okay um he is the other like guy who rules his own country okay. and is also a super but person bad but he's person. a bad dude yeah. um but yeah so wakanda's been having a lot of trouble uh especially regarding um the former black panther shuri uh t'challa's sister has been killed um and oh, so no. at the start of Coates's series uh he has returned after a long absence to retake the mantle of the black Aww. panther um, and immediately upon assuming the role, he is sort of beset on all sides by every imaginable kind of problem. Um, specifically, there's a rebellion of the Wakandan populace that is stoked by a mysterious faction calling itself the People. Um, he also has to deal with the defection of two members of his all-female oh, royal guard, the Dora Milaje. Um, and to top it all off, Shuri, his sister, we actually, this is our, my, my turn for a minor spoiler, we find out, is actually hanging in a state between life and death. Oh, okay. Um, and making her way through the Dujalia, uh, the plane of Wakandan memory. Um, so there's um, mostly real life or real world um, sort of politicking and adventure on the black on the T'Challa side but then Shuri is also having this sort of vision quest through mm. Wakandan memory um, oh that's cool yeah so T'Challa has to find ways to deal with the rebellions that are sort of changing the face of Wakanda and learn to be the leader that his country needs um, at the same time he has to protect his family and those closest to him and get in a lot of really amazingly drawn and totally breathtaking super battles oh totally yeah oh, it's so good well that's what you need in, this, in a comic yeah, the art in this book is insane. Um, but yeah, it uh, is really as much about the sort of politicking that's going on as anything else. There are a lot of scenes of like T'Challa with his war council trying to figure out how to handle things. And it's this feeling of 
what it means to be a royal country that is dealing it with a modern context. Yeah. And sort of dealing with popular rule and how do you respond to your people and uh, support them and quell uprisings without, you know, being a tyrant. Being or, a to- yeah. Um, or like, starting it's, it's even sound- bigger problems. Oh, yeah. And it sounds like this is like a, a real monarchy versus like the uk where you're like oh the mm-hmm. queen is is yeah. great and she's a real figurehead yeah but they have um, like, but, like the she's power. not gonna yeah exactly whereas mm. um tahala is like in charge of both like the political rule but it's also he is he has taken this role because his family's been in charge forever exactly and uh and it's very you know even things like the um the two dora milaje gu- uh, guards who defect um it's because Part, partly they're in a relationship and one of them has been sentenced for death to death because she killed a sort of tyrannical clan leader. Um, uh, not Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, like a clan, like a, in, a uh, clan of people. Um, and she sort of stepped in and killed the man and then because of politics, she has to be put to death. Aww. So her lover breaks her out. Um, yeah, they're fascinating characters. They're all fascinating characters. Um, I think Coates, um, especially for someone who uh, is not known primarily as a comic book writer, he's sort of a public philosopher and oh, yeah, figure and thinker. And, yeah. um, he has written really compellingly in his blog about growing up with comics and the way that comics have shaped his worldview. Um, But he is, you know, it's not his prime job. Uh, And he steps into the writing role of this series really seamlessly. Um, It's just fantastic. Uh, And the art supports it entirely. But I'll get to all that and the stuff I liked. Spoiler alert, it's all the stuff I just said. Um, So character-wise, we have T'Challa, the leader of Wakanda and heir to the Black Panther title. Um, He's sort of headstrong and self-serious. He has really good instincts and and a lot of compassion, but he sometimes lets those get overpowered by his rush to judgment. So is he like lawful, neutral, tending to lawful good? I would say lawful good. Okay. Sort of to a fault. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, lawful good tending to lawful neutral? I think overbearing lawful good. Okay. He's very, he, a lot of the book, again, is him sort of navigating the traditions of the way that things have been done Mm -hmm. with the way that things need to be done. Mm. Um, And also his pull from both wanting to represent Wakanda, but being a citizen of the world. I mean, he's an Avenger and he, you know, has interfaced a lot with the rest of the world in a way that Wakanda as a nation generally hasn't. It's sort of like a secret country. Mm. Um, You also have Shuri, T'Challa's sister and former Black Panther. Um, She's again making her way through the spirit realm in an effort to return to life, possibly with some powers and knowledge that can aid in the struggle. Um, there's Ayo and Aneka, two members of the Royal Guard, uh, the Dora Milaje, who defect after one of them is sentenced to die for killing an abusive warlord. Um, like I said, they're lovers, and they also have this powerful experimental midnight angel armor that makes them even more formidable Ooh. than the other Dora Milaje, which is like, the Dora Milaje are like the coolest concept Yeah, ever. right? It's just an, uh, an all-female Royal Guard of butt kickers. So and, wait, how did they get this midnight angel armor? Uh, they stole it. What? I know that was part of the jailbreak. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. That's all in the first in the first issue. What? It really it's great. Um, so they sort of start raising a ruckus and agitating for people's rights out on the frontier and wind up crossing paths with the people um this other mm. faction that's happening and they sort of revolve around each other a little bit speaking of the people uh there's zenzi a mysterious woman at the head of the people resistance movement um she has some form of kind of rage amplifying ability uh that oh, wow. when we first meet her she is sort of inciting a miner's revolt to turn deadly um she can take kind of like, unrest like actual and, superpower not just like you're yeah, real good at riding no like actual up. superpower okay. she's sort of like can turn people it's sort of like turning them into rage zombies okay. like she, um, and so she takes these sort of bad situations and can make them go oh, very no. very poorly um, that doesn't sound like a good idea no it's not a great job it's not a great thing um, there's also Tetu the le- the other leader of the people um, he's a man with sort of mysterious ties and an even more mysterious agenda um, there's Ramonda T'Challa's mother she's a source of discipline of calm and rationality in the court um, and then there's the villains um, you got Eric Killmonger yes that's actually his name he's a oh, powerful man. warrior and strategist in his own right um and he's a very long-standing nemesis of black panther throughout the comics he's going to be played it's... by michael b jordan in the movie Ooh. Um, yeah Killmarker's great okay so um, he he is a um a wakandan a wakandan yes. as well okay uh, then, that, that seems like a real white name to me oh it does right 
It's really, like, I believe he's Western educated. Okay. I'm not as up on my Killmonger lore as I should be, but oh, I believe but I'm so. excited for Michael B. Jordan, man. Mm-hmm. He's uh, the best. He's real great. Uh, there's Claw, spelled with a K. Um, he's also a classic baddie. He is being played right now by uh, Andy Serkis in the movies. Um, and he's uh, the guy who killed T'Challa's father, um, at least in the comics. Okay, because yeah, the movies, I was going to be like, yeah, a little, a little more complicated. Yeah. Um, and then there's other heroes. It's a comic book, and they don't have to pay actors to show up. So other characters from the Marvel Universe just kind of pop in and out occasionally. Um, most importantly among them is Storm, Aurora Monroe from the X-Men. Is she, is she Wakandan? Uh, I actually don't recall. I believe she's Egyptian. Okay. Um, but I can't remember, so comics nerds yell at me. Um, and she sort of has a continual throughout the course of the Black Panthers run, kind of mutual respect on again, off again thing with T'Challa. Um, she's also just the best. Storm's great. Um, so yeah, there's a really lovely cast of characters and moving into the themes and fun stuff. They are all really deeply realized people. Um, they all operate on this axis of tradition and modernity um, and navigate it in very interesting ways. And then... Uh, it plays into the big theme of Coates' arc, which is leadership, particularly on a national scale. Um, T'Challa really has to balance the problems that he can punch with the problems he can't. And Wakanda itself must kind of codify and assert its identity as a member of the broader world after centuries of relative privacy. Yeah. Um, there's also family history and memory, um, which are huge aspects of what Coates is talking about, particularly as they apply to African identity. Um, Wakanda is a nation that isn't viewed through the lens of any post-colonial recovery. It's not, you know, um, even I think there was a lot of interesting writing about the most recent Dungeons and Dragons module that got released, Port mm-hmm. of Annihilation, which is like set in Chult, which is the D&D version of Africa. Uh-huh. Um, and they this was this module was the first time that the new edition of D&D who oh boy this is a tangent um <laughs> has gone to Chult and it's like a been a long standing it's existing it's for years it's been there yeah, yeah but this is the first one in the new version of D&D to talk about Chult and in doing so they talk about it as post colonial okay. and it's just a little bit of a missed opportunity to like everything is about how they yeah. just thrown off the shackles and, and they model it off of a very western african and like um, balance when they don't have to right because it's Um, like you're in a fantasy world it it doesn't have to be the same thing guys right and so you know i think coach does a really wonderful job of um sticking to his guns and making this a nation that has a rich vibrant culture that feels very lived in um coats is taking all of these really rich resplendent and unique elements of different african diaspora history uh and weaving them all together in a way that feels really consistent and really beautiful and lovely um and lastly i mean just the art the art the art uh, it's such a beautiful book to read. It has really fluid action and breathtaking vistas and scenery. Um, the coloring is really rich and mysterious, and all of the characters jump off the page, both for the way that they are written and just their physical presence. Um, it's a fun comic to read. It's one of the only ones that I actively subscribe to because it's both thoughtful and serious and careful, but also really lovingly done. Uh, and it's just kind of brilliant. So go check it out, everybody. Yeah. But first we should talk about crossovers. Yes. Annie, tell me about crossovers. Um, What are the themes? themes. What are the themes? Yeah. What are these things we're going to write papers about that will be graded later? Yeah. I mean, international intrigue. Yeah. And like like the real intense pressure, um, I think, for Black Panther on like a very public international scale. But Mm -hmm. then for Maddie and Julie on a very small, like they're part of the like what the groundwork yeah or it's like if, yeah they're on the low scale yeah so it's like this whole view of like how do you respond to like inter- international catastrophic events mm-hmm. um both as a leader and as a regular person yeah and like what and what are the scale is in which those events hit you yeah i mean they um there are some moments in the black panther run where like the ground level revolts actually hit the hit home for the royal family. And mm. it's like incredibly shocking because they're all about being removed and you're, yeah. you're sort of separate from it all. And so the moments when they really get in the mix uh, is are terrifying for them. Whereas I feel like Maddie is probably somebody who or the both both women from Codename Verity are very on the ground from the start. Yeah. And, but then like, you know, Julie's from a fancy family and mm-hmm. like she, you know, is it not like giving up her family to go be a spy. Like they're mm-hmm. lovely people. But like <laughs> she, she could have easily led a life of kind of comfort, and yeah. and even and, I, I love the detail that Maddie got into it just because she wanted to fly. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Where she's like, "This is great," and like Julie, I think in the book, like 
gets into the like you know you have to like train to be like in basically you're in the service mm-hmm. um and she julie's like in it and maddie's like yeah this is all great but my end goal is flying she's like that's yeah. uh, that's why i'm here <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's a lot of that of sort of the scale of conflict seems like a place where these cross over in very different ways. Um, I think like the complications of personal relationships in times of strife. Yeah. Like, you know, there's there's family baggage, there's friendship baggage, but there's also like those are the strength. Those are the bonds that take these people through the conflicts that they're facing. Yeah. Um, Um, And yeah, the um, kind of the strength you get from the people you love and what you love. mm -hmm, Um, Mm hmm in times of terrible conflict yeah um and i mean at least in i know in codename verity like the complication of villains and it sounds like that in black panther in terms Mm -hmm. of like you know it's like the people as an uprising and you're like well yeah i can see where you're coming from absolutely and i like obviously i don't know the the text as well but Mm -hmm. it does sound like it's not just like Black Panther versus super bad guys. Exactly. Um, yeah, I feel like both books have antagonists were very with very antagonisty names and yes. more depth to them than you might assume. Yeah, which um, is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, how about the physical crossover? How is this yeah. happening? Um, so are we going into the past or going into the future I, or both? I think. Well, I. Oh well, you know that's a good question because if we have um, who's it, Cherry? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that is a great way to dive into the past because obviously Wakanda would have been around during World War II. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, my assumption is that, that they were removed at that point because mm-hmm. you're like, why are we going to jump in? was very into- isolationist. Yeah. Theory. And they're like, we're, we're an African nation. Why are we jumping into this conflict involving a bunch of white nations? Exactly. Um, when you all t- would colonize us anyway, if you mm-hmm. had the chance. Um, so... I, I feel like that would be an interesting gateway to to see kind of like Shuri's perspective going through kind of the Wakandan memories and like mm-hmm. interacting on that level. And if there's like some way to tie her into like World War II history. I mean, there is like, I mean, if Maddie and Julie are spy plane yeah. flyers, like there is the question of like, okay, are they sent to, rec- to reconnoiter? Like these areas, you know, there was an yeah. African front to World War II. Oh, like, totally. To in search of allies or in search yeah. of exploration in general. So, yeah, like, we're going to go wind up in Wakanda. Free Julie captured by the Nazis. Yeah, this is their first mission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it goes, it goes better. better. Yeah. It goes way better. Because <laughs> I was like, wow, that's going to be hard to get mm-hmm. people from Wakanda to Nazi occupied France. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work no. quite as well. Um, yeah, that's a harder sell. But I think, yeah, absolutely, Julie and Maddie could wind up coming to Wakanda. Yeah. Um, in the in the past, um, it could it would technically be in the lineage of Black Panthers. Oh, um, totally. Like I'm assuming, probably Black whoever Panther- T'Chaka's dad was would be yeah. the Black yeah, Panther. Yeah, because I'm assuming time. they've been Black Panthering for like Hundreds millennia. Of years. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, that would be an easy way to do it. Um, or we could go the whole porthole of time route. And, yeah, right. You know, they're flying, also- and all of a sudden they hit a rift in the universe that brings them to modern day Wakanda. Yeah. Probably because they were doing an experiment in Wakanda that went weird, and. Pulled yeah. them forward from the past. Well, because there are a lot, you know, with the Marvel Universe, there's a lot of issues with like, you've got the aliens and the time oh, yeah. warps. There's time jumping all the time. Yeah. People are coming in from all over. Exactly. Hey, you could have Maddie and Julie crash into an iceberg next to Captain America and get you thawed know, out in I feel like day. the whole thing, I kept being like, man, Captain America would be real into these ladies. Oh, yeah. He'd be like high-fiving. Well, especially if they're both basically Peggy Carter. Right? And like, like But like Peggy Carter would like kind of be their boss uh, and they would love her. Yeah. And everybody would just get along really well. And everybody then they would loves go Peggy fight Nazis. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe like Maddie and Julie wind up coming to future Wakanda and requiring T'Challa's assistance in the past in some way. Yeah, because um, then, it, then it pulls in um, Everybody T'Challa else from Cody well. Verity. And I, well, yeah. And oh, yeah. I think, um, yeah, maybe, again, maybe Shuri is that link mm-hmm. where like somehow they are, they kind of touch with her. Yeah, like special revelation. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and then pull in Takala, and maybe maybe there's something going on in this alternate past in which Wakanda is affected by the war. Yeah, and like like bad stuff goes on, mm-hmm. um, and Maddie and Julie need um, 
Takala's help to like protect Wakanda in the past. Yeah. Um, and that's why Shari would be like, you need to, you need to get on this, bro. Yeah. This is, ever, I mean, this is a very feasible mm-hmm. comic book plot line. This is why it's great doing crossovers with comic books. Yeah. Because, because comic books like, cross over like, everything no, we can with everything. Dude, yeah. time warps. Yeah. Like we can do everything and, and people won't bet an eye. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So once we get everybody in the same basic genre or yeah. ge- geography, yep. um, what's going on? Who's kissing faces? Who's battled omen? Who's best buddies? Or n- n- I know. Well, my first thought is, um, Io and Anaka. Mm-hmm. Um, I like them a whole lot. Yeah, and um, I, I think, feel like I think they would like Maddie and Julia. Yeah, a whole exactly. Lot. They're all best buddies. Yeah, right. And also the the rest of the um uh, the the lady army. Mm-hmm. Do- the, the Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje. Yeah, like yeah. Maddie and Julia would just be like, oh, these yes. ladies are. Yeah, I mean, you've got to have Dormelage storming into a concentration camp through a time rift. Yeah, at the end right. Of this at just some point, destroying, yeah. Nazis. laying I just, waste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I feel like that's that's very best buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think Black Panther and Paul or T'Challa and Paul would have nothing to do with one another. Probably oh, fight. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, I think Paul would probably say some real racist stuff. Yeah, totally. And, I'll punch him in the face. And yeah, T'Challa would not really stand for that. Um, but I think um, Paul, if we're if we're maybe um, end up teaming up with uh, Doctor Claw over there. Yeah. Oh, Doctor Claw. Next time. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think he would probably be swayed by that because Claw is very like Western aggression. Towards yeah. African nation. Like, I feel like he would actually. He's not a Nazi, no, but like. No, he would make convincing. Po- I mean, he's basically like a war profiteer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. And maybe if Paul were like, oh, sure, I can I can get behind this. Yeah, exactly. So I think Paul may not be come out of this one as quite of a good guy. No. Um, um, but um, I think obviously Dr. Doom is teaming up with the Nazis well, because yeah. that's what would happen. I mean, he's basically there already. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's really, I mean, this is the downside of doing a comic book crossover is antagonists are pretty antagonistic yeah, and protagonists the, yeah. are pretty protagonistic. Oh, exactly. I Especially think, in like the Marvel Universe, it's like you've got like Nazis by another name. Yeah. And then there's like, there's Zenzi, who's the the co-leader of the oh, movement. Yeah. And she is like, the the people, at least where I'm at in the series right now, uh, are still a fairly mysterious organization, like yeah, front. Yeah, so we so, don't know where she's going to wind yeah, up. Yeah, and she is of the two. I think Tetu feels more sort of like dialed in and there's an element of like, he's working with Westerners. And, and he's, he's, he's got a, and an, she, another agenda. Yeah, and she feels maybe more complicit, but... Maybe not as aware, um, but again, that's where I'm at in the series right now. Okay. So I feel like she, there may be something interesting with her and Maddie and Julie, um, like as far as learning more about what is happening. Like I feel like there are depths beneath yeah. her. Um, so she could potentially be some, be, be an swayed. asset, yeah, uh, or be swayed. But uh, yeah, I think there's more. St- there's more to be learned. Um, I think Ramonda. Just everybody loves Ramonda. Uh, T'Challa's mother because oh, she's yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. And I think um, Esme, uh, Julie's mom, mm-hmm. like as these women who are like mm-hmm. very, very fancy. Um, so fancy. But like are also like like want to help people. Yeah. Um, they would they would be like they would connect. They would know how yeah. to do all the fancies together. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think like I mean the ultimate – I'm trying to think of like what is the thing that they're trying to solve and the ultimate, you know, or the usual go to, especially for Marvel is like, oh, the Nazis have the cosmic cube time yeah. for space Nazis yeah, right. or time Nazis yeah. or whatever. So like I think I mean, that Frauer Schmergen, what's his face? Uh, Von Linden. Yes. Has has probably, you know, gotten he's he's working with the more occult side of Nazism. Um, yeah. Because like I, I, I think in the in the book you find out that like. Well, he was a a headmaster at a boys' school previously, and like he he is into arts and culture, so like he's a smart mm-hmm. person. And I think in the book, it like it it goes to show that like in the same way, like Paul's a bad guy, but he's on the side of good. Like yeah. Lyndon's on the side of bad, but like it's like how do you? It's like the like, banality of evil kind of thing. Yeah, and it's like how do you like like opera? Yeah. And and want to torture people like Oh, I bet he like, like that there are normal people who are yeah. Nazis. I bet he like collects Wakandan art or something. Yeah, like, exactly. Like I can see yeah, like, oh, something this would real. Yeah, something real creepy. Mm-hmm. Um but I can see it being like maybe it, like a um 
a Nazi plot to um, steal the the, the vibranium. vibranium. Yeah, um, everybody wants that vibranium. Yeah, right. But like that would be a big thing that would like turn the tide of the war. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially and if it's, like, if it's a secluded country, like they're yeah. looking actively for this country, and so yeah. maybe they decide that they're going to go forward in time to a point where it has revealed itself to the world. Yeah. You know, so it'll, the, why not just find it in the future? That's true. Um, yeah, and again, Nazi occultism. Yeah, it's weird. It's all over to that. Yeah, I feel like that was like, yeah, the one like, like gift that the Nazis gave to the literary world was the way that they were obsessed with occult science. Is that what we're gonna call it? Not maybe a gift. gift. Yeah. Not a gift, but just like a weird part of history. Yeah, I like wrote a whole essay about that in high school. Wow. Yeah. We're all about the essays today. I know. I <laughs> that was. I was so proud of that one because yeah, it was a good like, one. I think the topic in, in history class was like, did major people in history affect history, or are they like a product of their time? Mm. Um, and I talked about the the Brothers Grimm and like kind of the rise of nationalism in germany mm-hmm. and um like folk tales and like how how we see art and how art can get manipulated and like cool. this weird part of history that you're like what yeah what is going and on Nazis, what are you like you're so awful yeah just Why everything was doing bad. this everything was bad but um but again he, Black you know Panther and marvel you're gonna make it right yeah and and marvel has a whole again like nazis by another name oh, thing absolutely. so they can be in charge of the let's try and time travel yeah, to it's Wakanda hydra to get, it's yeah, Hy- exactly. hydra's doing it yeah the red skull shows up and maddie and julie have to escape and all of that um so yeah i like this crossover i think yeah. it would be fun i think they would have a lot to talk about yeah totally mm-hmm. um i don't think we have any kiss your faces here no i think everybody um, tends to be kind of paired up it already even though like I've, but then I don't I can't think of any real pairs. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like everybody's real dealing with the the problems at hand. Yeah. It's it very, doesn't seem like a time for kissing faces. No, everybody's very practical. I think yeah. there's like an issue to be solved and they're working on solving it. Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't know how old um, Tahala is. Um, is. He's like he's Chadwick Boseman age. But let's say like so 30s? Like 20s, 30s. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like Maddie and Julie are probably like younger 20s. That's so I'm true. like, okay, you're a little younger. A little bit. I don't know if it works I mean, so well. Maybe like they go out on a date or something. I'll go on a date with Jasmine Bowles. <laughs> yeah, if, if you must. Yeah, right. <laughs> Twist my arm. I know, right? <laughs> um, and hey, if Maddie and Julie are both Haley Atwells, then yeah, I think yeah. that's a. Uh, oh, totally. You know, that's a date worth having. Um, can I ask, do you know, like in the movies, um, who is Lupita Nyong'o? She is one of the Dormelage. I don't oh, okay. know if she, they're doing she, okay. the plot of oh, the two who run away. Okay. Uh, but she is, I believe, because one, the, I'm, she might be Shuri, actually. I was wondering about that. I can't remember. Okay. I th- oh, no, I think that she is Shuri, and I think Denai Guerrera is uh, is one of the Dormelage, is leader. So nice. it's just, it's such a cast of amazing people. Yeah, right. Angela Bassett is playing That's the mom. That's right. <sighs> I forgot about her. It's going to be so good. Everybody's best friend, Michael B. Jordan. Oh, my God. It's going to be so good. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm excited about this crossover. Me too. Almost as excited as I am for the Black Panther Marvel movie. Yeah. And while you're waiting for the Black Panther movie, here are some things that you could check out. I like it. Yeah. Say, Keep me keep me busy, Annie. All right. Um, so for the next month, you got a lot of work to do. Okay, great. <laughs> for more gut punch historical YA, um, there's Worlds Under Fire, also by Elizabeth Ween, um, which is kind of a sequel to Codename Verity. Um, like some characters show up again, but it's, it's a different set. It's not like we're following you know, the codename Verity characters very mm-hmm. closely. Mm-hmm. Um, and this book is about women who were forced to be medical experiments in the Ravensbrook concentration camp. Um, so it's real upsetting. Yeah. It's, wow. a, it's a deeply arresting and upsetting book. Like it's, it almost makes you feel sick to read, but it's also so powerful and affirming. It's really unfortunate that I feel like every time I see its title, I think it's like a comics page, like a funny Really? Yeah. Like, like, like Rose like Under happy. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's one that it sounds a lot like to me, and I can't oh, remember I what know. it is. So I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, so, this is this going really with not, those expectations. This is not an anthology oh, of Sunday comics. Nope. <laughs> as far as you can get. Um, speaking of comics, though, we have Boxers and Saints yes, by Dean Luen Yang. Um, also told from two perspectives about the Boxer Rebellion and in the turn of the 20th century China. Um, setting Mm -hmm. Um, and this is another gut punch of an ending oh yeah but I remember 
audibly gasping yeah when I read that. oh i remember you reading it and like hearing like hearing you have that experience yeah oh it's so beautiful um and also the graphic it's a, again a graphic novel so the art is just phenomenal mm-hmm. um there's between shades of gray by ruta sapitas i think i'm saying her name right but probably not um while a lot of World War II fiction fo- focuses on the horrors of Nazi Germany, uh, this book looks at the horrors of Stalinist, Fresh- oh, Stalinist Russia. Horrors of a different flavor. Yeah, right. As a Lithuanian girl and her family are forced into a labor camp in Siberia. Like, I listened to this as an audiobook, and I was walking Bodo one day, and there's one part where I literally gasped outside. Ooh. I was like, oh, it was just so awful. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a, <laughs> this is a really uplifting I list. I know, right? I Man, love, my month is going to be very, oh very gosh. great. It's, I love these books. They're so amazing. Um, there's the book Thief by Marcus Suzak about a foster girl in World War II Germany whose family is hiding a Jewish man, um, told from the perspective of death. So yeah, it's that kind of book. Yeah, that kind of tells you all you need to know. Yeah. There's Out of Darkness by Ashley Hope Perez about two teenagers at the center of the 1937 New London school explosion, which is the is that word- like when all of a sudden a lot of schools were opening and it was like, no. they were all over the city. I it's wish. like, oh, this school explosion. I wish. Oh. The worst school disaster in American history. Like actual, oh, that's a different thing. Ex- like literal explosion. Womp womp. Like gas explosion in a school. Ugh. It's so awful. And this also goes into issues. Um, so it's set in, I think it's Oklahoma. Um, is it a, is it a uh, fictional book? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and it's um, told from, I think, um, not, it's not exactly two perspectives, but um, centers around these two characters, one of whom is a biracial um, part, I think Mexican American girl and a young black man. Um, so it's like, kind of interracial relationship as well yeah. also at a time when like things Man. were real bad for people of color Oof. um so yeah again like this this is a book that will scrape your insides out with an ice cream scoop Yay. but in the best way <laughs> i feel like whenever i t- like think of books like these i'm like if you want your inside scraped out but like you love it like mm-hmm. yeah these are books for you um <laughs> There are the Mont Marais journals by Michelle Cooper, and they're less of a general gut punch. It's a lot, a lot, no, I don't want to say a lot lighter, but probably compared to yeah. medical experiments you know, in shades of shades of darkness. Camp. Yeah, this is lighter. Um, but it is a phenomenal look at the edge of World War II Europe from the perspective of a young fictional royal family. Mm-hmm. Um, for historical TV feels, we have Bomb Girls about women in a muni- munitions factory in World War II era Canada. Um, it lasted two seasons and should have gone on longer. Pour one out for bomb girls. Um, there's Call the Midwife about midwives in post-World War II London. Also a phenomenal depiction of female friendships. Um, this It just gets better every season. I love this show it so much. It is pretty charming and so delightful. Good. So feelsy and, and funny and kind of a great historical time. Um, there's the, the Bletchley Circle about four women who are previously code breakers in World War II and who reunite to stop a serial killer. Ooh. Um, for cinematic historical gut punches, we have <laughs> Studio Ghibli's Grave of the Fireflies and The Wind Rises, um, two different but powerful looks at the cost of war in World War II era Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pan's Labyrinth, about a young girl's escape into a fantasy world in fascist Spain. Um do you have some? I thought you were going to no. say this. Okay. Um, also, you have to listen to this one particular episode from the sadly defunct Human Race podcast from Runner's World. Oh, yeah. Which you features, were telling me about oh this one. Oh, my God. Um, so this features the story of Sylvia Weiner, a marathon runner in her 80s in Canada, who's like, already you're like, wow, you're amazing. You're running marathons at 80. And then you find out that she is also a Holocaust survivor and – like turn to running as a way of emotionally battling PTSD. Um, and it's possibly one of the most arresting and affirming episodes of the podcast I've ever listened to. Yeah. Like so phenomenal. This woman is a true inspiration. Oh, um, so yeah, yeah that one out. Who boy, there's a that's lot of recommendations. I had to stop myself. I was yeah. like, okay, and he, that is a heavy list. <laughs> so good. Well, once you wade your way through all that, if you want more Black Panther, you can first of all go see the movie on February fifteenth. Go see it in theaters near you if you can get a ticket because it's so it's selling ridiculously. Chadwick Boseman is amazing. Um, there is debuting tonight uh, a new CW hero show, Ooh. Black Lightning. Um, it's their first uh, black protagonist superhero in the CW show, and it's from the DC side of things. So you get to you know get your your comics industry binary going. Um, 
There are there's also World of Wakanda, which is by Ta-Nehisi Coates and Roxane Gay. Um, it was a, another series. Um, it was one of a couple of series. I believe the other one was was Black Panther and the Crew that were recently canceled last year by Marvel. Um, World of Wakanda ran about six issues, uh, and they were really fascinating looks at. They sort of basically took the characters from the back the Black Panther series and sort of expanded like and deepened the, the world a little world bit. Of- yeah. And uh, and how often do you get to read a comic book co-written by Tani C. Coates and Roxanne Gay? Yeah, right. I'll tell you how often. Aww. Six times often. Six issues. Um, oh, wah, yeah. Wah. Unfortunately, major literary heavy hitters are not the comics draw that I guess Marvel was hoping they would be. Or um, Marvel just wanted to destroy my hopes and dreams. One of the two, probably. I think it was the latter. <laughs> Um, there's more work by Ta-Nehisi Coates out there that is not comic book related. Um, his big book is the Between the World and Me. It's actually a very small little book, um, but it is the one that has made the most impact. Um, he also has a number of wonderful and beautiful, uh, long form journalism articles. Uh, one of my favorites is his case, the case for reparations article that Mm. ran in the Atlantic. Oh yeah. Um, most recently he wrote my president was black, which is a sort of reflection on um obama and obama's time in office and coach's life uh leading up to obama's time in office um but yeah he's just a fascinating public intellectual um he's pretty brilliant and writes about um racial issues in and really just life issues including comic books um from a brilliantly thoughtful perspective um and is just great so go check him out and then two comics that i will always always recommend and will probably be popping up on this podcast at some point um are Saga uh, by Brian K. Vaughn and, and Fiona Staples and Hawkeye, um, specifically My Life as a Weapon, the Matt Fraction run of Hawkeye. Um, Saga especially, uh, I think both Saga and Hawkeye are in the way that Black Panther is very experimental and purposeful with the style of their art and storytelling, but in three very, very different ways. Saga is just sort of this galaxy-spanning, crazy sci-fi romp that you, where you never know it, what's coming next. Hawkeye is a very, like, grounded, small-scale story of superheroism that takes huge artistic risks. Um, there's an issue told entirely in sign language. Um, there's an issue told from the perspective of a dog. Um, I mean, that should be more of a comic. Pizza dog. Yeah, but it's a, it's a detective it's a detective mystery um it's a a, rather it's a murder mystery Bodo could star in a murder mystery he He could solve crimes he could he's maybe not as bright no he doesn't smell all the things the best ways no but pizza dog does i'll tell you that much um and yeah uh so i will always talk about saga and hawkeye those are the other two that i subscribe to pretty regularly um can i add a thing and then ask a question about a thing um Maybe I'll ask the question first. Do you think um, Luke Cage would be a good yeah? I think or so. Watch alike. Yeah, I think that would that would work because it is a it's a show that I mean it deals a lot with black identity, but in a specifically American context. Yeah. Um, and uh, looking at uh, at the New York setting of the Netflix shows, I think it is much like all the other Netflix. Uh, Marvel shows it gets a little saggy in the middle uh, but man it's got great performances oh I love Marshala Lee is so good in it oh um, yeah oh that mouth. was our introduction to him yeah oh, that's oh. so good so yeah thank you for the, I don't know why I forgot that one Um, yeah watch Luke Cage for sure um, and my recommendation would be um, Queen of Cotway about mm. a young uh, chess master in Africa as like a look at Africa that's not like like really negative like i love that it was a movie about like you know the like she's growing up in a real tough section Mm -hmm. um of her her town but like it's not like man we need a bunch of white people to come in and save right this thing it's like these are this is a story about africans um and like a girl being able to find something she's really good at and kind of that both getting support from her community, but also like her family or her mom in particular feeling like she's moving beyond her. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just like a really wonderful look at um, at one kind of life in Africa. Cool. Um, and it's a true story. And Lupita Nyong'o's in it. And yeah, it's so phenomenal. there you go. Yeah. Oh. And actually, I remember seeing that and being like, there was some scene where she's like, like yelling at some guy, like who's a real skis bag. And I was like, man, I would love to see Lupita Nyong'o as a superhero. Like, she would totally own that. And, and now she's like, going to be. Yeah. Nice. So um, there you go. 
Yeah, so some solid recommendations, yeah. uh, some of which are more depressing than others. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I really like very sad literary things. No kidding. Well, Annie, if people want to find all the links to where they can find all the sad things, um, where should they find it? They can find all of our content, including these recommendations, at crossoverappeal.tumblr.com. It's a crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. I knew I was forgetting something. Yeah, that, Sorry. That, that URL wasn't nearly long enough, No, Annie. yeah. Yeah, it's crossoverrepealpodcast.tumblr.com. I think mm-hmm. there's another one that's just crossover repeal, but don't go there. Yeah, no, don't. They're terrible. Yeah. Run away. Fight them. Yeah, and then show send us pictures of your fighting them um, to our email address at crossoverrepealpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can share um, your pictures of pre-orders for the Black Panther movie Yay. or sad reading lists um, at Facebook, uh, at our Facebook group of uh, Crossover Appeal Podcast. Um, you can tweet us gifts of you crying at all of the books that any recommended Yay. at Crossover Appeal. And uh, most importantly, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and maybe rate and review us and tell us how many tears you cried. After tell us about re- your feels. Yeah, d- like or write it. us a five-paragraph essay. Yeah, right. And we'll, we'll grade we'll, it. We actually will grade it. If yeah. you write me an essay, I will grade it. Yeah, and she's tough, everybody. I am. There are no easy Do A's. You know, but you know what? Tough but fair. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, well, on that tough but fair note, Annie, I think we're going to wrap this one up. Yes. Uh, now that we've stopped time-traveling Nazis again. Yay! Yay. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Um, we'll be back in two weeks with another mind-time-bending crossover bonanza. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, um, this has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Carty. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly.